Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 35. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Cal, so we talked about raising money, where to spend your dollar, but I wanted to bring up a topic about income and let's delve into recurring revenues because I just want to share, I actually closed my first tenant on a property and I started to think about the potential there and what does that mean long-term for the success of your financial future and your purchasing power, what you can do with that money, all those sorts of things. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't mind sharing, you also have a rental property under your belt. What can you tell us about that? How's that going? And what are your thoughts on the topic? Yeah, I do have a tenant in one of the properties and it's going very well. It's coming up to two years now almost. And just like you mentioned, another stream of income. Yeah. So I was doing the math and take a couple grand a month, which is plus or minus the market rate for rent in Toronto. And I always like to think of things on a yearly scale. So that's 24 grand times you can use 40, 50 years or some really long time horizon just to kind of drive the point home. So without this property, you might be wondering, where is your next meal? And even if you're financially stable, you don't have guaranteed income. So we're close to a second lockdown. A lot of the GTA is going into red zones and some jobs are more at risk than others, but this has got to be the most collective uncertainty we've seen in terms of employment. And I know growing up, not having a job was always seen as being lazy or not smart enough and all these collectively understood ideas about what making money looks like. But I think now people start to realize that the uncertainty quotient is high. There's no real good answer for why people are unemployed. And I'm not saying take the point of, hey, it is what it is. That's how life's going to be. But take the time to rethink and say, well, what can I do here? So back to my point, that's probably a million dollars in revenue in one property. And you can play with the numbers, but I always say numbers don't lie. So what if I told you, you now have a path to a million dollars in income in your lifetime where before you might have not thought about that number. And what happens when you start to think this way? What else will it unlock for you? What other realizations will come across your way? And there's two things that come to mind for me. So house number two, double, triple your income. You start to move away from needing a job to wanting to choose what to do with your time. So either you double your money or maybe not need to work and go focus on other projects. And there's some assumptions here. Super long-term, the mortgages will have to be paid and all that, but that's the point. So back to long-term vision, this is what's possible. And number two is you go from a single million to multiple millions. Just like in business, there's no certainty about it, but there's a good understanding that this is a potential outcome. And as you grow, you make that certainty, you make things happen, you make the moves. And if I could go from one to 5 million in 40 years, I'd set myself a goal of 20, I think. One or two is an accident. You can't do much after you buy yourself a home. And if you live a comfortable lifestyle, you can't essentially retire. But if you want to grow, I know getting into the tens of millions is something that I had a goal of. And I did actually come across some math. I like to do the math just to crystallize it in my mind. And when I hit my $20 million goal, it was a 50x to a billion. So not that that's in the cards, but I thought it was kind of funny that, hey, I never thought about how to make a billion dollars before, but there we go. So here's my point. You have 
this income source and what happens if you know it'll bring you one to five million in your time horizon. Here's the point. You can decide exactly on what terms your life is, what it's going to look like. You decide your future and that's exactly how to do it. And I think that's very, very powerful. Cal, I wanted to bring up a point. So this is now an income source under my belt. You're the master of seven incomes. You talked about it as being important. Let's do a refresher. So why is it important in a nice sound bite? And how are we doing? Let's maybe go through some examples of where we're at, maybe what your next income source might be. You humble me, John. Thanks. Hardly a master. We're all learning through this. And I just want to point out before we get to the seven other streams of income is that this is a stream of income that you'll be getting income from without really putting energy into. Obviously, you'll be putting energy in terms of finding a place, purchasing it, finding tenants, and taking care of maintaining the place. But what I'm saying is it will generate income without actually physically putting labor into it. Maybe initially you would, but not in the long term, not every day. That's very powerful. And we haven't even accounted for the capital gains on the property that you've bought. So that's very, very powerful. That's just from rental income. And if done right, it could be very, very helpful there. So yes, through a lot of readings, having multiple sources of income, I think the average millionaire has about seven streams of income. So it could be really any seven streams. The first one would be the easiest one, which is your regular job. Let's say you're in sales or marketing. So you get income from that job, but then you try to generate other sources of income to help accelerate your wealth. One could be, as you mentioned, rental property. One could be a side hustle of some sort, driving an Uber. You could be working part-time. You could do some courses in terms of giving courses or selling product, which takes to the third thing, which could be selling an item or a service. And then also a very popular method, what we discuss a lot here is investing or trading through the markets, through capital gains or dividend income. That could be a source as well. And many, many others. You could have a YouTube channel that generates some income. You could have anything really. You could do drop shipping through Amazon where you actually can provide and sell products. That way you can generate income as well. Amazon has made it a lot easier for a lot of individuals, small shops or small businesses to try and generate flow through their websites. So the idea is that the more streams of income you have, the more you can focus on something that you want to do, whether it was starting your own business in a specific field. Look at some of the big businesses today. They started because they have some source of income and they're able to focus the resources on other projects. So that's how entrepreneurs are able to create their own businesses. And some of them might have actually some source of income for them to sustain their own living. And that way they can create something that they're really passionate about and dedicate their time. Because with a regular job, all we're doing is trading our time and experience for money. You only have 24 hours a day. There's so much you can do. But when you have other sources of income that can generate some money for you, You can dedicate that time that you have available now that is freed up, quit your day job and focus on creating something that you're truly passionate about. Yeah, those are all great points and what renting your time means versus owning your time. And what does it mean to own something? So you might own a phone, all right, you might own some possessions, some furniture, some clothes, 
electronics. But when it comes to revenue and income, the best ideas are to own things that make you money. So owning companies, whether you manage them or not, whether you are passively investing or own a rental property, owning is the answer. You have to own things. You have to own things so that if you're making money, you don't have to worry about renting your time, rented in perpetuity until your health suffers. And that will not be a favorable outcome. So I've had two jobs. Used to be a valet driver in school, got a job at Honda, and I kept that valet job. And I was still figuring out making money and probably worked more than the average person. And when I had left Honda to go to school to study business, I actually had a job delivering newspapers from two to five in the morning. That was a couple of grand a month. So the money's out there. It just depends how hard you want to work for it. And you got to have some humility in life. I always say that. Don't be afraid to do things if it's going to get you where you want to be. And there could be a lot worse out there. There's a lot worse jobs. You're not settling. It's a stepping stone. So that's how I would frame that. And income, if we're going to talk about recurring revenues, you could talk about a job as that because I've been at the same job for eight years now and that's a recurring paycheck. But how certain is it? And that's what you got to measure. You got to measure the certainty of having your job, the certainty of other styles of income and business is not certain. A lot of businesses are on the brink of bankruptcy with pandemic. There are bailouts. There are businesses who have to pivot and change their business model. So knowing that, that there's no certainty there, why wouldn't you try stuff? Why wouldn't you start a business? There's nothing these larger businesses are doing that you can't know and learn with the right amount of time, talent, and hiring and working with smart people. So start small, but I think everyone should go through these mental exercises of getting different sources of income. And we've said before, sell on Kijiji, start a Shopify. If anyone's curious, you can go buy my tea online. So about six months ago, I launched Tea Style. I sell tea online and that's my Shopify. So if you're a tea guy or gal, go place an order. I'll ship it to your door. And that started as I'm a big tea guy. I don't drink coffee. And I had originally started cutting out Starbucks to going to Bulk Barn to make my own. And the idea behind that is at the very least, I'll have cheap tea for myself. So you can make it yourself. You can find wholesalers. You can do that with any style business. You can be a broker of things. If there is a way to arbitrage the supply and demand of something, then do that as long as you can make a buck and keep your morals honest, but just get creative and try things. And I think the less you try, the more a person believes the world is the way it is versus the more you try, the more one might realize everything's an opportunity and everything is up for questioning. Everything is up for learning. You can learn and grow and question essentially anything and nothing has to be the way that it is. Ask, why are things done this way? What can be done differently? What would I like to see in my life? And that's how I always start to think about opportunity in itself. So Cal, I think you had a bunch of jobs too growing up. Let's talk about that a bit. You said you had three jobs at one point. What were those and what made you decide to take those on? Yeah, I was just after school. It was just maybe a year into the financial crisis of 09. And I couldn't find a job within my field of specialization. So I had a BCom in accounting and finance. And I really was trying to get into that field. Long story short, I just couldn't. So I thought I can't just sit and do nothing. Let me go and find myself a job. So went everywhere I could go, ended up finding a job in a mall at a Banana Republic. They literally had just a sign on the door, 
looking for a part-time staff. I go in, hand in my resume, do an interview, get a part-time job there on the sales floor. And then I was going at it. I would take every shift they would give me. I think during my period there, I only turned down one shift because I couldn't make it because I didn't have a car. And it takes a while to get there by bus, which I did take occasionally. But when it's unplanned, when they ask you to come in and you don't have a vehicle during winter, that's a bit difficult. So I took the job. I was doing very, very well. And one of my colleagues was a mother and she was talking about how her daughter is struggling with mathematics and physics, which I was very good at in school. And she was looking for a tutor. I offered my help if she wanted to tutor. And she said, sure. So I went one day just to try it out and to see if she's comfortable with my teachings. And she was. And both the parents were happy with me. And she was happy with how we went through the material. Got the job there as a tutor. And then my third job was actually through one of the managers at the store as well. And she knew how much I loved cars. And her brother-in-law, who's a very good friend of mine now, actually was looking for someone to hire on their sales floor in the showroom. And again, went through the interview, got the job. And I was working three jobs, three different locations with no car. And I was living in a basement apartment. And at the time, I didn't think that was difficult, although it was. But every time I look back at it, I was thinking, you know, I was really trying to do anything I could to just better myself. And I didn't complain once, never talked about it. It just happened. I have three jobs at once, different parts of the city, trying to make ends meet. And eventually I was very good. I'm a full-time job at the dealership that I had to let the other two go because I need to focus. I was commission-based after all. So my performance would affect how much income I would get. So I decided to shift my focus at the time, invest into my job at the dealership. And I grew within and eventually moved out from that dealership into the dealership where John and I met and became very good friends and colleagues and worked very well together. So that's really how it panned out. And knowing how much work you have to put in for a person to earn that dollar really put things into perspective for me. And I thought with our generation and generations after us, it's getting more and more difficult to own your own house, to own your own car, to save for retirement even, that I think at this point, there's no choice but to own multiple streams of income. It's harder and harder to find jobs now. With COVID, it actually makes it even more difficult. I think there are less jobs, there are companies and businesses shutting down. So the best way, and I think the only way right now is actually to have multiple sources of income. Whether you strive to become wealthy or just to actually have a comfortable living, I think that is key. But the key as well is to maintain your expenses, not to increase in terms of living expenses as you create more income. And one last thing I wanted to add is John made a very good point, And I just want to tell you that you're absolutely right. The only tweak I would say, you need to own assets that generate income or actually appreciate and value at the very least. We can own a lot of things. We can own cars, we can own homes, you can own clothes, we can own property. But if it's an actual expense and a burden, then sometimes you need to know when to cut your losses. I could have a very nice car. I would love to have one of these big racing simulators in my apartment, which hopefully I will have one day. But these are expensive that I can do without right now and focus on actually building my wealth and my growth. So pick your priorities. That is a very good point. And I'm glad we have an accountant on the show who can very clearly point out that you should be making money with what you own. That's very, very good. 
Yeah, well said. I think that's why we vibe well because similar backgrounds and similar goals. And that's back to my point of be around people who you fuel off of and tune into those people. Your perspective matters. And whether you think something is possible or not depends on your perspective. I always say your attitude in life, that is what's important. And really understand that you will not be walking the same shoes as anyone else on this earth. It is your own journey. So where you are doesn't matter. You can always turn things around and change your life. And that's the important takeaway. You are in control of what happens tomorrow, what happens today, what you do with your time. And that's essentially how I want to leave off. So give us your ideas on what you would try, what you think you've heard might be a good recurring revenue. Just let us know. I'd love to hear from all of you and share your ideas and give things a shot. And let us know in six months if something worked or something didn't and keep trying, keep testing and keep your head up. So with that said, we'll wrap up today's episode. Thanks everyone for tuning in. That was Methodical Millions, episode 35. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks everyone.